Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Ghost in this place, feel God in this house. I have a little bit of reading to do, so I'm going to do that. First Samuel 1 and 9, if you got it, say amen. If you're going to cheat and look at the screen, say amen. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. and She was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I'll give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. It came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine. You can open that up. Yeah, that's good. Great job. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Hannah answered and said no my lord I'm a woman of a sorrowful heart I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink but I have poured out my soul before the Lord I have another verse I need to read but right now why don't we just pour our soul out to God for just a minute Come on, why don't we all over this building just lift our hands and pour out our soul to God. Come on, God's speaking to us today. He's speaking to us in the prophetic. He's about to speak to us through a rhema word of God. We need to pour out some things to God in this place. We need to pour out some things to the Lord. I've poured out my soul to you, God. Nobody else is going to understand it. Nobody else is going to know what's happening. But God, I'm pouring myself out to you today. Psalms 1 and 1. Psalms 1 and 1. Psalms 1 and 1. If you could throw that up there for me. Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus. Could you throw Psalms 1 and 1 on the screen for me, please? Hallelujah. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. I'm going to tell you, I, I struggled with this 
I haven't come with the canned message for you today. I haven't come with something that I've tried out and preached all over. I really struggled with this as the Lord gave it to me over the past few days. I really, it's one of those messages that you just don't want to preach and I just didn't know where to go or what to do. But so I began to seek after the Lord. He, he began to reveal some things to me. And as the service began to go on today, God began to speak to me and he began to, to open my understanding. And I want to preach to you if I can just for the next few minutes, if you would allow me, if we could our focus on God, if you would allow me to preach to you today. I want to talk to you on this subject, the, the dangers of a seated relationship with God. The dangers of a seated relationship with God. I pray right now that we lift our hands and ask God to open our understanding. God, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you are here. God, and I know that there are people that you're going to speak to today. God, I know there are people who you are going to turn their situation around. I know there are people, God, that you are going to propel them. You're going to propel them. You're going to propel them into a new walk with you, God. Come on, you're going to propel them, God, into a new realm of the Spirit. You're going to propel us, God, into a new realm of worship today. God, I ask that you can help me just to speak your word and do what you want me to do in this service. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord and you may be seated. Hallelujah. The dangers of a seated relationship with God. You begin to read in the book of Judges and the Bible paints us a very, a very vast picture, a very precise picture really of the backslidden condition of Israel. The Bible says that Israel would backslide. They would turn their heart from God. They would go into captivity. And then uh, the Word of God says that God would raise up a judge. And that judge would come. And, and he would begin to free the people. But when that judge died, once again, they uh, would backslide. And they would turn away from God over and over again in the book of Judges. It begins to tell us of the backslidings of Israel. But when you get to the end of the book of Judges, when you get to that very last uh, few chapters, the Bible, it really begins to, 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 to paint that portrait even clearer of the wickedness of Israel. The Bible says that a man is there, and, and, and really this is the first time in the whole book of Judges that you'll even find uh, uh, where it talks about the priest, where a priest is even mentioned. But when the Bible mentions a priest, it is a priest for hire. It is a Levite who is roaming through the land looking for a work, really, looking for a job. And a man named Micah decides, I'm going to pay you, priest, if you'll be my priest, if you'll come and you'll sacrifice for me and if you'll, if you'll do all of my bidding and if you'll, you'll sacrifice to me to my idol gods, then you will be my priest and I'll pay you. So this man who is of the lineage of Levi, he decides, I'm going to be a hired priest. And that's the only time you hear of a priest. It begins to tell us of the personal idolatry of Israel and then it tells the story of a man uh, a man who decides that 
that he's going to go get his wife. And he says, I don't want to stay in a foreign land. I'm going to run through this quickly. But he says, I'm going to take her to the land of Israel. I've got to take her to one of our, our, our tribes and our brethren. But when he gets there, the men come and they take his wife. And, and they, they, they take her and they abuse her and they kill her. And he said, I wouldn't have believed that something like this would have happened in the land of Israel. I would have never believed that something like this would have happened in in my people's town but they had grown so wicked and they had grown so cold toward God that nothing was sacred anymore so this man he took his wife that they had killed and it's pretty gruesome but he cuts her up into 12 pieces and he mails a piece to every tribe of Israel and he says this is what you have become this is what Israel has become a land where nothing was sacred a land where they had no thought for God and a land where they had no feeling for God And when we step into the book of Samuel, when we finally step into the end of Judges and we step into that book of Samuel, we see a woman who was crying out to God and she is longing for God to help her. And she's got a burden and she's got something on her spirit that she needs God to take care of. But the first mention we ever we ever see of a priest, the first mention we ever find of a priest in Samuel, the Bible says that it, it begins to give us a picture. And it says, now Eli, as this woman is praying and as this woman is pouring her heart out to God. It says, now Eli sat down by the porch of the temple. The first picture that we get of a priest in a land where turmoil is going on, in a land where the nation is being torn apart, in a land where nothing has gone right, in a land where, where, where everything is going wrong, in a land that has turned their backs on God. And when we see the priest, the Lord, I believe he did it on purpose. I believe he wanted us to see the condition of Israel. He said, I've got a priest that's just sitting down. I've got a priest that's doing nothing. I got a priest that he should be making sacrifices to the people and and he should be trying to fix the problem and he should be trying to make things right. But the Bible paints a picture of Eli and he's sitting by the door of the temple and he doesn't have a burden. I begin to think about this. I I I really begin to to ponder this. And you know when when, when you come into somebody's house, when you come in and maybe you've been on a long trip, I know about that. They say, "What's the first they say why don't you take a seat why don't you take a load off why why don't you just take it easy if you look up the definition of seat it just means to settle it means to be sedimentary it means to sit down why don't you just have a seat you just take that burden off of you and sit down And and I see a picture of a woman who is pouring her heart out to God. I see the picture of a woman who is crying bitter tears and and she's tired of the adversary and she's tired of everything that's going on in her life and she's got a burden that's been placed on her shoulder but the Lord said all the while this woman has a burden. There's a priest that's taken the burden off and he sat down and he said I don't worry about her burden. I'm not worried about what she's going through. Can I preach to you for a minute? There's got to come a time when we're done sitting in our easy chair and we're done taking the burden But we're ready to say there's a world that needs somebody. There's a nation that needs somebody. There's a city that needs somebody that has a burden for what they're going through. 
I'm going to tell you today, the world doesn't need another burdenless church. The world doesn't need another person that's just sitting around saying, I'm not worried about what you're going through. But what this world needs is a church that says, put a burden on me today, God. Put a burden on me today, God. Put a burden on me today, God. the first danger of a seated relationship with God is that while Hannah is praying and while Hannah is seeking God and while Hannah is burdened down Eli is sitting there now you understand that Eli is an old man at this point but he's close enough that he can see her mouth move now I'm going to preach to you for a little bit is that alright he's close enough that he can see her mouth move but he's far enough away that he doesn't understand her burden. He's close enough that he can see her mouth move, but he's far enough away that he doesn't know what she's saying. So while he's sitting there, never understanding her burden, never understanding her tears, never understanding what she's going through, he decides, I'm far enough away, I can judge her while I'm sitting down. Far enough away, and I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He said, I'm far enough away from this woman, and I'm so far removed from her burden that I can judge what she's praying about, and I can judge her prayer, and I can judge what she's doing because I'm just going to sit out here and judge everybody. Because what happens when we decide we're going to sit down and we're going to be sedimentary on God is we're just going to look around and judge everybody else's worship. I'm going to, if you're sitting down, I'm going to sit down and preach. We get, we get so comfortable in our walk with God and we get so sedimentary that we seem like it's okay. We think it's okay that we'll sit down and let everybody else do all the worshiping and let everyone else have a burden and I'll just judge them. Oh, I know why they're up there praying. They're sinners. I know why they're up there praying. I don't know why they're worshiping. I know what they did last week. Listen, it's easy when you sit out on God to look around and judge what everybody else is doing. But I'm telling somebody today, you better get out of the seat of the scornful. You better get out of the seat of judgment. You better wake up and say, I'm not going to judge your worship, but I'm going to worship. I'm not going to judge your praise, but I'm going to praise. I'm going to give God the best that I've got. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, we don't need anybody that's going to sit out and judge our commitment to God. We don't need anybody that's going to sit out and judge our praise. Listen, if you want to sit out and judge, go ahead. But I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to get out of that seat and I'm going to worship. You see, Eli had sat down for so long. Uh, and it's going to get rough now. Buckle your seatbelt. We're about to hit turbulence. Eli had sat down, sat down in his seat for so long that he let his flesh take over. Maybe you should read your Bible sometime. The Bible says that his two sons, the reason they were getting in trouble is because they wanted all the flesh. The flesh out of the pot. We want the best. And we want the best flesh that's coming through the door. If you ever read it, you know what I'm talking about. 
They were lying with the women that would come into the temple and they weren't happy with whatever came out. You see, there was a big pot and they'd throw it in there and the priest would, by happenstance, take his hook, put it in and pull out whatever God would get to him. And Eli's son said, we don't want that. We want to get fat off the flesh. So they would say, we want the best pieces. We want the biggest pieces. We want it for ourselves. And Eli, he was so sedimentary. He was sitting around for so long that it didn't bother him about what his sons were doing. It didn't bother him. He didn't want to get out of his seat. I just feel like preaching today. You better make sure that in your spiritual walk with God that you mark somebody that sits around all the time and doesn't do anything. We'll get there. I remember growing up, we used to go to conventions at a man's church and, 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 and I never knew any better I was young but I never seen him do anything he was the bishop I never seen him jump I never seen him clap I never seen him stand up I never seen him worship I never seen him do anything and I thought it was just me I thought it was just normal until my wife's mother begins to talk and, and she says you know all the years that I went to that church and all the years she said I don't ever remen- remember him worshiping God I don't ever remember him uh, doing anything to worship God she said except for one time when an evangelist grabbed his hand and made them run around the church. She said, I'm going to tell you better mark somebody that won't get out of their seat. This might be rough, but it's the truth. You better mark somebody that's too good to worship. You better mark somebody that's too good to lift a hand. You better mark somebody that's too good to cry and too good to shed a tear and too good to get to an altar. You've let your flesh take over and you ought to kill it and get out of your seat and say, I'm going to let God do what God wants to do. just feel like preaching today if, if you if your flesh is in such control that you can't get out of your seat to worship don't tell me you'll get out of your seat at your house to go pray if you've let your flesh take over that you can't even stand up and lift God while the preacher's preaching lift up the name of the Lord then don't tell me that you'll get out of your recliner at home when it's time to fast don't tell I'm going to get real live right now don't tell me that you'll get out of your seat and turn that TV off when something is on there you shouldn't watch no 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 you've already let your flesh take over it starts in the house of God. When you can't praise Him in the house of God, then you can't praise Him at your house. When you can't get off your seat in the house of God, you'll never get off your seat at your house. But I'm praying today that somebody would say, I will not have a seated relationship with God. Let me check my time. We're getting there. Oh, you see, he... This man, he didn't want to pray. He didn't want to shout, well, you're just being judgmental, am I? Guess what? For 30 years, he was having an affair and molesting children. Better mark somebody that has a seated relationship with God. We better lift our hands and pray right now. There's, there's, a, there's something, there's some conviction that's going to fall in here. Better mark somebody that when the Spirit's moving and people are getting blessed, they're sitting around judging everything that's going on. God, I pray that you would break somebody out of their seated relationship. I pray that you would break somebody out of their seated, sedimentary relationship. Hallelujah. I 
I've just come here today. I'm just going to preach what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me. The Lord said, you need to go there today because there's some people that they are sedimentary in their worship and they're sedimentary in their walk with God. And they've gotten to the place where they've gotten to a certain point and they decided, I'm going to sit down and this is all the farther I'm going. I'm going to sit down and I'm not going to pray any more than I'm praying and I'm not going to worship any more than I'm worshiping and I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to sit right here and that's all that I'm doing for God because I've done enough. Let me tell you something. You're in a dangerous place when you sit down and say, this is all I'm doing for God. This is all I'm going to do for God. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to get crazy like the bishop. I'm not going to do that. Let me tell you something. Every once in a while, you need to get crazy. Every once in a while, you need to let God take over. Every once in a while, you need God to move on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. see after the flesh took over I gotta hurry because I'm hungry after the flesh took over after he let his flesh take over I want you to you take some time and read Samuel because the only time you read about Eli he's sitting the second time we read about Eli the Bible says that he's sitting the ark has been taken They're in the middle of a battle. Israel's been defeated. Men have been killed. And Eli's sitting. His eyes are dim now. Because once your flesh takes over, you're going to lose your vision. You ain't going to be able to see. You're going to be whining and complaining about everything you're going through because you don't see the hand of God in it. You can listen to the recording maybe. Go, go check the podcast out later. If you're not going to hear it today. I'm going to tell you what happens is your flesh takes over. And then our vision gets dim. And we don't see God in anything. Well, God, why am I going to go through this? And the preacher gets up and says, all things work for good to them that love God. And you say, not for me. And God says, and the word of God says, the preacher gets up and says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And you say, he can't mean me. You don't know what I'm going through. Let me tell you what you're going through. You're going through a spell where your flesh is taken over and now your eyes are dim and you can't see what God is doing in your life. By the time Eli gets to the place, he's sitting and the ark is taken. And it's too late now because the sons are already dead and men are dying. But Eli is sitting. And I tell you, we live in a world where people are dying, where souls are going to hell, where families are being ravaged. Let me tell you today that there's an enemy that's trying to destroy your family. There's an enemy that's trying to tear apart your home. And the last thing we need is for a generation that says, I'll sit around and do nothing about it. No, sir, no, ma'am. I want to know how long are you going to sit back while the devil kills your family? How long are you going to sit back while addiction ravages your body? How long are you going to just go with the flow before you say that's enough sitting around I'm gonna let God do something in my life today oh I wish somebody would praise him right now I feel the Holy Ghost I feel a touch from heaven I feel God trying to pull somebody out of your seat come on why don't we pray right now
Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then, and then, and then the Bible says that Eli, who's now let his flesh take over and he now has no vision, the Bible says that now, mm -mm -mm. when Eli heard the noise, wait, wait, wait. And when he came low, Eli sat upon a seat by the wayside watching. For his heart trembled, for the ark of God was gone. So now the spirit is gone. His, his vision is gone. His flesh is taken over. And now fear has entered into his mind. He's trembling for fear. You see, because that's the dangers of a seated relationship with God is first your flesh takes over and then your vision becomes dim and then fear grips your heart. He was sitting afraid, afraid to move. I found that when you read about sitting in the Bible, there's multiple verses where it says that I sit in darkness. We have rebelled against the word of God and now we sit in darkness. Now we have no vision and now we're afraid and now fear has gripped our heart and now we won't get out of our seat and now we won't come to an altar because fear has taken over and we're bound to our seat. You see, because the three things that are a danger to us become the three things that keep us bound to our seat. three things that keep you in your seat the three things that keep you from moving forward in God things that cause us to be stagnant in our worship stagnant in our praise I found time 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 again seems like in Pentecostal churches now when people sit down that's it hard to pry them up out of that seat you preach as good as you want you ain't getting me out of the seat you sing as good as you want you ain't getting me out of the seat go ahead brother Alex you strum that guitar all day I ain't getting up Well, I just don't. No, no, no. It's not that you don't feel like it. It's that you're spiritually sediment. And you've sat in your seat spiritually for so long that now you're not even going to let God move you. I'm very comfortable right now because if you're sitting, I'm sitting. Because the Bible says, on, I understand on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind it filled all the house where they were sitting well the Holy Ghost will move on me when I'm sitting oh it will read the next verse they weren't sitting for long <laughs> comfortable right now <laughs> they weren't sitting down for too long 
But the Holy Ghost moves on us and it can't pry us out of this seat. Preacher, you stand all day and I'm going to sit here and listen. We've let the moving of the Spirit become a spectator sport. And we're hoping that somebody comes to the altar so we can watch them get prayed for. But we're not coming. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you where this message come from. I'm sitting in a service the other day and the Spirit of God was moving. And everything was going and I look out and everyone's just like watching. I looked over and I see a little brown chair. And I thought, you know what I want to do? I will not be held hostage by my seat. And I'm not just, and I'm going to talk about the seat you're sitting in, but I'm talking about our spiritual sedimentation where we just settle down and I'm going to sit right here and nothing's going to move me. I refuse to be held hostage by a seat. I refuse to have a seat. I'm going to move forward whether the devil wants me to or not. I'm going to take a stand whether he wants me to or not. I'm going to worship whether he wants me to or not. I need God to break me out of this. I need God to break me out of this. I need God to break me out of what I'm in today. I refuse to be held hostage and tied down by fear. I refuse to be held hostage by my lack of vision. Oh, lift your hands to the Lord right now all over this building and why don't we praise God? I have a few more minutes. When, when we were in the Philippines, when we were in the Philippines, we did a service. I showed pastor some pictures. And in this service, we had a morning service. And my, my pastor preached it. And then after that, as soon as that service was over, the rain began to pour down. And I thought, my Lord, i got to preach tonight. I said, Lord, just stop this rain. And, and it stopped for a little bit. And, Service time came and people began to gather. We were in the open air. We weren't in a building. We were in a cement pad. The only thing covered was where the music was. And I stood there and I watched as these people began to gather in. And all of a sudden the temperature dropped and the rain began to fall again. And I, I said, my Lord, I said, everybody's going to leave. I said, I know how churches in America, if it's too hot, they leave. The air conditioner ain't working and they, they ain't coming home. I got a kick out of my son at camp. I put a suit jacket on him. We walked to the building. He said, it's too hot, Dad. I got to take this off. It's an air-conditioned church, dude. We, we don't even want to stand in church when it's nice and the fans are going. We got a breeze. I thought these people are going to leave and I'm going to preach to myself. And I watched as the rain began to fall and they just stood there and worshiped. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to preach to wet people and be dry. So I come out from the underneath that, that awning and I stood there in the rain and I just began to worship. <laughs> 
I said, if they're going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to preach to wet people and just be dry and be comfortable. And I begin to be drenched down with rain. It become, begin to come down harder and harder. It just begin to pour in that place. And they weren't leaving. They were hungry for God. And I thought, Lord, what would happen in America if we would just be that hungry for God? Lord, it doesn't matter to me how tired I am. It doesn't matter how cold it is. It doesn't matter if the rain is falling, God. I'm going to stand to my feet. I'm going to lift my hands. And I'm going to say, God, bless me. God, I will not be sedimentary. Maybe God's just waiting for you to step out of the normalcy of your life and to say, Lord, I'm going to break out and I'm going to do something different today. Oh, it's easy to sing. It's easy to worship when the song's going. But I wonder today, when the word of God's dealing with your flesh, why don't you get up and say, do something in me, God. Work something in me, God. Let me worship with the preacher. Let me praise. I want you to understand something, and I'm making my way to a close here in the next hour or so. But it's our tradition to sit when the preacher preaches. Because when Solomon was talking, the Bible said the whole congregation stood. Because I'm expecting God to do something. When I sit down, I'm expecting to take a nap. I'm taking the burden off of me. But when God's fixing to do something, I want to be ready for it. I'm going to tell you today, the word of God is not the time when the preacher starts preaching. That's not the time to just sit back and say, well, let's get on with this. No, 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 no. This is a time to say, I'm going to put my flesh under subjection. I'm going to get something from God. I'm going to work. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Why don't we praise him right now? God's speaking to some hearts right now. I know there's a little conviction. That's all right. God's talking to some people and saying, you've been sedimentary for too long. You have stayed in this spot for too long. You have sat right now in your walk with God and said, I'm not going any farther. You've watched people come to an altar and you said, I'm going to sit here. You've watched people get blessed and you knew you needed blessed and you said, I'm just going to sit here. And you watch people worship and you watch people get a miracle and you needed one. And you said, I'm just going to sit here. I tell you today that the Lord's saying today's the last day you ought to get out of your sedimentary state you ought to wake up from where you are and say somebody needs me to be strong in God today your family needs you to be strong your children need you to be strong today We reach for God. I wish somebody would catch the spirit of a leper today. I wish somebody would catch the spirit of a leper today. I wish somebody would catch the spirit of a leper today. That in the midst of famine and in the midst of trouble and in the midst of trial, you would look at your neighbor and say, I'm not just going to sit here till I die. 
I'm hungry and I'm tired and I'm weary and my family's in a mess and I need God to do something in my life and I'm not just going to sit here until I die. I'm not just going to sit here until I die spiritually. I'm not going to sit here until my children die. I'm not just going to sit here until my family is torn apart. But I'm going to get up and if I die, I die. And if God kills me, he kills me. But some way or another, I am going to reach the presence of God today. If you're not standing, why don't you stand with me right now? Why don't you worship the Lord? I'm going to tell you what I feel and what I hear the Lord speaking to me right now. There's about five or six people in this place. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to hear me. There are about five or six people in this place that for the past three or four weeks, God has been urging you and trying to pull you, trying to get you to an altar, trying to tell you to move forward in your walk with God. He's been trying to tell you you need to do something. You need to wake wake up. You need to change something. You need to go a little farther. And for the past three or four weeks, you have told God, I'm not going to do that. It's not going to happen. I'm not changing. I'm not doing it God and God's coming today and he's knocking on your heart's door and he's saying why are you being held hostage by that sedimentary place that you're in why are you being held hostage by that fear the reason you won't do it is because of fear and you've let the devil cloud your vision and tell you that it don't matter what you do it'll never get better I'm telling you the devil is lying to you God is urging you to push yourself into another realm of worship God is urging you to push yourself to an altar and push your flesh until you can break through in the power of the Holy Ghost. I refuse to have a seated relationship with God. I refuse to get sedimentary. But what are you going to do? I'm just going to stand. Stand in all and sin not. Take on the whole armor of God that you may be with able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. He didn't say to sit. He said, if you've done everything that you can do, and if you've gotten to the end of your rope, and if nothing has changed, do not sit down. Stand for God. (laughs) You need a healing. It's not the time to sit down. The Lord looked at the man with the withered hand and said, stand forth. I'm closing right now, brother. If you want to play, that'd be great. I know that we, we've, we've had some ups and downs this service. I know that God has moved. But I'm telling you today that something is going to happen in this altar call that's going to change the course of somebody's life. Something is about to happen in this altar call that is either going to send somebody into a next realm with God. I'm telling you, it's going to send you plummeting back to the places that you've already come from. Years back in our home church, we knew that, that, that some of our in-laws, some of our family were having trouble in their marriage and their relationship. God was trying to reach for them over and over and over. I can't even tell you the number of times that the Lord, He would call them out and they would come up and they would get prayer for Either the wife or the husband and prophecy would come forth. And over and over, Pastor God would say, you need to take a stand in your home. 
over and over, God would say, you need to lift up a standard of prayer. You need he'd tell that, that woman, you need to lift a standard. You need to take a stand in your home. You need to pray. You need to seek God for your husband because the enemy is trying to kill him. Over and over, it would be said to them, take a stand. God would be reaching for them. Stand up. Stop sitting down. Stand up. Stop doing nothing. Stand up. Stop it. Over and over. I can't tell you whether they listened or not. I can't tell you what they did in the privacy of their own home. I can't tell you that because I don't know. But I do know that one day she showed up to the house and all of his stuff was packed. And he was gone. He left their two children, left her. out left two kids now that are, are messed and in all kinds of trouble thankful for the mercy of God on them but telling somebody your seated relationship with God it's going to cost you more than you know. Eli, you're sitting down. It's going to cost you. Because when you read the last verse about Eli, it said that as he was sitting, they come, Bishop, and, and they said, Eli, the ark is gone. The presence of God is gone now. Your sons, they're dead now, Eli. Don't worry about that. They're gone. And he didn't even get up for it. They brought the news to him and he didn't even get up, but the Bible says that he fell backwards off of his seat. And he was a very heavy man because his flesh had taken over. He'd done nothing but sit for years. He fell back and he broke his neck and he died there. All he would have had to do was get up the ark is gone what do you mean the ark is gone your sons are dead what do you mean my sons are dead the ark is gone and your sons are dead he would have saved his life he just stood up is it really that easy he said, you don't know what I'm going through. Is it really that easy? God said, draw nigh to me. And I'll draw nigh to you. Stand up for me. I'll stand up for you. I'm telling you today that this altar ought to be full of people that are saying, I want to take a stand today in my home. If I can't do anything else but stand up, that's what I'm going to do. If I can't do anything else but just stand and come and pray. If I can't do anything else but find an altar, that's what I'm going to do. I've got to get out of this seated relationship with God. I've got to get out of this place where I'm just sitting down and judging everybody else's praise. And I'm sitting down with no vision and with fear. Come on, I'm telling you right now that you need to come and we need to find ourselves a place where we can push through for a little bit. 
Some of you today, you knew you needed to come to this altar when the Spirit was moving and you didn't do anything about it. I'm asking you today, and I'm not going to ask you all night. I'm going to ask you one more time before they begin to say. I'm going to ask you if you'll put a burden on your shoulders. If you'll come to the altar and say, today I make a stand in my life. Stop telling God you're not going to do it. Stop telling God you're not going to Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.